Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for Therapeutic Thursday podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen in as members sit down to discuss what's new and ongoing in the world of therapeutics. My name is Dr. Jordan Burdine, and I am a neonatal clinical pharmacy specialist at UTMB Health in Galveston, Texas, and I will be your host for today's episode. In my day-to-day practice within my level four NICU, I evaluate neonatal nutrition both internally and parentally daily and assist our prescribers with ordering and monitoring of parental nutrition. And with me today is someone who is also no stranger to parental nutrition, Dr. Patria Kober. Dr. Kober is a clinical pharmacy specialist in neonatal intensive care unit at Akron Children's Hospital in Ohio. She is also a PGY-1 pharmacy resident director and a professor of pharmacy practice and director of professional development at Northeast Ohio Medical University College of Pharmacy. Thanks for joining me today, Patria. Let's get into today's topic of a very pressing issue facing many of us today, the shortage of combination multivitamin products. Now, I know in pharmacy, we have all become familiar with drug shortages. And unfortunately, those of us in pediatrics and particularly in the NICU tend to be even more affected because of the limited alternatives available. Can you provide us with insight regarding the specifics of the particular shortage with the combination multivitamin and how would you classify its severity? Sure, Jordan. So unfortunately, this is a shortage involving components outside of the actual product. The reason behind the injectable multivitamin shortage is a shortage of the reagent utilized to determine the concentration of vitamin B12 in the multivitamin product. The manufacturer is currently trying to find alternatives for the reagent and has also requested the FDA to allow use of the product based on historical data. However, until either of these options are resolved, the injectable multivitamin product will be unavailable for release into the U.S. market. Therefore, we are currently unsure how long this shortage will last, but the potential impact of patients dependent on intravenous multivitamins could be devastating, especially the longer the shortage lasts. Yeah, I know at my institution, which is a large academic health system that provides care for both pediatric and adult patients, we so often have had to decide which patients are most at risk, especially with ingredients continued that we continue in our parental nutrition. For this combination multivitamin specifically, we have seen more issues initially with the adult multivitamin and are limiting it in adults and pediatrics greater than 11 years to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday dosing. Can you tell us what you've been doing in your practice? Yeah, we're encountering similar situations at my institution. The adult intravenous multivitamin supply appears to be of greater concern for us as well. Since we utilize an off-site compounder, they are currently recommending that all patients receive adult multivitamin and receive half of the dose or 5 mLs daily instead of the usual 10 mLs daily. We have not had to implement any conservation strategies yet for the pediatric injectable multivitamin, but I know this will eventually become the case given the current availability of these two products. When considering what to do in a shortage, you really have to think about not only the best strategy to conserve the product, but also what works the best for the ordering providers. With us being in an inpatient setting, use of daily half dose of product is much easier than trying to remember to give the patient a full dose every other day. We order the patient's daily parental nutrition solution utilizing the order from the previous day, as many institutions do. So if the ordering provider forgets that injectable multivitamins are only ordered on, let's say, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Then if they forget to order it on Monday, the patient may not receive multivitamin for several days, 
Well, if they accidentally order it on Tuesday, your conservation strategy does not necessarily work. This is the complete opposite of how shortages may be handled on an outpatient basis, where the patient is adding the multivitamin to the bag each day at home and should utilize the entire dose since they can't save the other half of the dose for the next day. So obviously, even just looking at our two institutions and current supply, there are differences in how we are handling the shortage. Now, we do have some guidance from national professional organizations. ASHP and the American Society of Enteral and Parental Nutrition, or ASPEN, for instance, have also provided recommendations during the shortage of drugs and multivitamin products. For example, ASPEN published parental nutrition multivitamin product shortage considerations in 2021 to help guide clinicians as we navigate this rocky terrain, which can be viewed via the link in the show notes section. In these recommendations, for example, it is recommended that if both adult and pediatric intravenous multivitamins are not available, you should administer individual parenteral vitamins such as thiamine, ascorbic acid, pyridoxine, and folic acid should be given daily. Based on your extensive background in nutrition and handling of drug shortages like these, what would your recommendations be for utilizing these alternatives? And furthermore, do you have any concerns about availability of these individual packaged vitamins? When the multivitamin product shortage considerations document was updated in 2021, the use of individual parental vitamins was the most appropriate next step. Unfortunately, in the current market, several of these individual parental vitamins are also on shortage. Currently, pyridoxine and folic acid are on shortage, leading many to be unavailable or have the inability to obtain these individual products either. Additionally, vitamin C vials are currently available only in a large defense volume and once punctured are only good for four hours. Add to this the extreme cost of vitamin C vials currently and the use of this product as a single parenteral vitamin is cost and waste quantity prohibited. This leaves thiamine as the only one available separately. Unfortunately for our smallest patients to get the dose of thiamine, they need a dilution, which can be very challenging. While the shortage recommendations do not currently list what to do in this situation, I would personally give whatever I had available at hand, knowing that at least my patients would not be deficient in the one multivitamin I'm able to provide them. I think it is important to recognize that we all need to be vigilant about monitoring for vitamin deficiencies. Additionally, utilizing enteral multivitamin products will be very important. I know that at my institution, in times like these, we consider the use of enteral multivitamin products when our neonatal patients reach at least 60 to 80 mLs per kilogram per day of breast milk. I agree. We too have started using oral products at a lower rate than we typically would when shortages like these exist. And those are definitely concerns that we have to keep in mind. So I appreciate your recommendations for the use of the individual supplements. Now, I know in my unit, one of the biggest concerns we have with potentially having a limited or even have to eliminate supplementation of key ingredients within our parental nutrition, especially those that are unable to tolerate internal formulations, is deficiencies. So because of this, we often are contemplating the need for additional monitoring, which can be a concern, especially with our very small patients, as we do not want to contribute to iatrogenic anemia. Have you implemented or considered any additional monitoring in your practice? Yeah, this is definitely an issue for all patients on parental nutrition, but definitely our smallest patients in the neonatal units. Monitoring of micronutrients such as multivitamins can prove challenging even for adult patients since these levels are not the best markers of actual stores, as well as being affected by conditions involving inflammatory mediators. 
These challenges are further complicated in the neonatal population when multiple milliliters of blood for micronutrient monitoring leads to an iatrogenic anemia due to the limited blood volumes available in these patients. Conserving the monitoring for those at greatest risk and for situations in which you can make an impact is probably the best strategy. Definitely looking for physical signs and symptoms of deficiencies is also important, even if these often result when deficiencies have already reached a more severe nature. Thanks for your insight. As always, Petraea, it has been a pleasure talking with you today, and I would like to thank you for joining us for today's episode of Therapeutic Thursdays. Now, if you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's pediatric resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings in the Pediatric Resource Center, including things such as disease-specific articles, guidelines, webinars, and even links for education and training. Thanks again for tuning in to this session and joining us here every Thursday, where we will be talking with ASHP members with content matter experts on the variety of clinical topics. Be sure to subscribe to ASHP's podcast or your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.